0: Somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. I know the Roman Empire was kind of trending on TikTok not too long ago, but uh, World War II, I've been fascinated with that. And I am immensely enjoying Band of Brothers. Hell yes, Mr. Rob Roop Thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike. Mike Davidson Lives is the name of the podcast. Thanks for downloading and hanging out with yours truly for the next half hour or so. Glad uh, glad you made the, uh, the click. Keeps me out of trouble a little bit. But yeah, Br- Band of Brothers now on HBO. I mentioned last podcast I had just started it up. Um, and with the strike going on, not a whole lot of new content out there from Hollywood. Uh, we'll get to more of that here in just a few moments. In fact, even less so. Um, but, uh, yeah, with, uh, HBO Max, uh, Max struggling, uh, they're letting some of their older properties go to other platforms for a bit, and, uh, Band of Brothers, which came out in 2001 on Netflix, started that up Sunday night, I will start episode five after I get done here, but, uh, just, what, what a great show, what a great show that was, uh, 22 years later, I think it still resonates, um, just because, you're talking about a world that was uh, teetering on the edge. I mean, civilization was on the cusp of failure and uh, these guys get together because of that. They're pulled together by fate and uh, they end up in Normandy. They're part of the easy company airborne. And uh, it's just, it's just compelling television, the sacrifices that these gentlemen made. And uh, one of the guys on there, uh, Talbert, uh, he's actually you know this this is a real life thing uh he's from kokomo where i spent uh, about a decade doing radio and i think one of his relations ended up becoming sheriff down in howard county uh later on uh the big big connection to the police uh department down there but a uh, little little uh hoosier connection there um and it's just like i said a great show and with their a lack of basically anything new. Now is the time to go back and watch older shows and uh, give them a boost and show Hollywood what you really, really miss. Uh, you know, not not too bad around here in the household. Uh, Lana lost another tooth, so uh, Tooth Fairy is paying her to... So, okay, she lost a tooth and then she lost it. Okay, so she lost her tooth at school. She had it in a little tooth uh, bag and then she misplaced it and she's freaking out. So I had her write a note to the Tooth Fairy and I'm pretty sure that the Tooth Fairy will understand and lana will be compensated generously for that but uh, she made an interesting comment to me when she was brushing her teeth and she goes dad i don't think i can floss my teeth and i was like well i mean your front teeth no you, you probably can't because there's not a lot of them right now um but uh, that's what's going on and uh me and the boy were hanging out at uh the service center earlier this morning before i went to work to get the oil change and that dude just uh that took about it took about an hour to get done. Um, and the guys that do it are are pros and they do a great job. But I mean, you know, to do that, you know it takes time. and I'm not the most patient person in the world. so sometimes those waits go on and on, even if you're just dicking around on a smartphone. Uh, and there's Logan playing with the office toys and getting into the the coffee stirs and um, slamming a magic eight ball on the counter and walking around barefoot. Uh, believe it or not, he was on his best behavior. Um, <laughs> nothing got damaged. Everything's cool, but, uh, it, it, he just a lot of fun, me and him hanging out playing. All right. So the F 35, the, the jet that went missing, I'm going to have this linked up on the podcast page. Um, and, and I did link this up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, but, uh, uh, pilot ejected over the weekend and it went missing for a couple days. They found the debris field where this thing crashed so it's been found it's just no use to anybody now because it's a bunch of multi-million dollar pieces in a crater right uh one of the nearby residents the local news down there in south carolina interviewed him his name is randolph white and he gives one of the best descriptions of anything happening ever Michael Winslow, eat your damn heart out, man, because this guy <laughs> I love this dude. I've never met this dude. But Randolph White, you talk about a great account of what happened. That's that's your guy right there. And again, you, you gotta check it out. It's certainly more again more entertaining than anything that's coming out of Hollywood as of late, and not a lot has come out, and not a lot is coming out. Um I was I was you know, not not that I'm the biggest Bill Maher fan in the world. But he's a guy that uh, likes to speak for his mind, and he doesn't care if it pisses off people on the right or the left, and he's been pissing off a lot of people on the left. And I, I thought if anybody was going to break the deadlock of the uh, the writers and Actors Strike, this would be the dude. Uh, he was going to do what uh, many have termed a scab edition of uh, Real Time, and it was supposed to... Happened this week. I think Uh, he has since scrapped the plans. He has folded. Unfortunately, he says that He has seen He has seen some optimism. This is his excuse That uh, some things might be resolved here this week uh, At the negotiating table and that's why he's putting his plans on pause. I'm not sure where he's seeing that Um, Because you know, it's late Wednesday in fact, looking at the clock now, it's uh, Thursday. Um, and if anything gets resolved, say, by Friday, that means any new television would ha- maybe occur in January or February, right? Uh, this, I'm not seeing where the optimism is. Um, but it, it is kind of sad that he didn't uh, hold true to his word because I I really think, I really think, that these unions, uh, that these writers and actors are uh, belonging to, really do stymie creativity. Don't get me wrong, Hollywood execs do a good enough job of doing that. Uh, but it's just this, the groupthink on this. Like, every writer, every creator, every actor has the same needs and wants. And, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with residuals and how ridiculous that could get and how that cost won't be incurred by the or or eaten by the um, the executives but passed on to you the loyal streamer the loyal cable subscriber uh, for those few of you that do exist Um, and it it kind of hammered it home to me when I saw the reaction on online to Drew Barrymore she was going to do her daytime talk show and then she decided To pull back on it because of all the hectoring she's gotten from uh these people that sometimes uh come on as friendly guests right um and so she posted something on online she since tore it down she took it down because uh she got hectored for it and she was saying that she was sorry and she was upset and and all this stuff you can imagine drew barrymore's kind of an expressive gal Kind of, kind of an emotional person, right? And he, I didn't see the video because, again, it's it's down. But I guess she started getting attacked by the likes of Alyssa Milano and um, oh, was it Deborah Messing from Will and & Grace and then uh, was it Bradley Whitford or whatever. What, that one putz from uh, the West Wing, which was one of the most overrated television shows of all time. They basically went after her and it looked straight-up like bullying. I mean, you you can... You can uh, argue that what she was ultimately going to do was wrong. Like, if if you're for the actors and the writers, you can say, well, she shouldn't have done this. Or if you're just like, hey, whatever, she can go and do her show, that's... It, it really doesn't matter at this point. These actresses and, act, and, and this uh, gentleman didn't have to say shit. They could have just stayed on the picket line. They could have just, you know... Talked about the unfairness of uh, their contracts and all that stuff, but they went after her, and they ridiculed her and humiliated her. They're they're bullies. And when I was growing up in high school, one of the things I loved to do, especially on Friday night, because I was so cool, was stay up and watch The Late Show with Dave Letterman because, like, he was from Indianapolis. I'm I'm from Indianapolis, and you know, I thought funny guy. Uh, and just some of the fun he would have with his guests, and it just never occurred to me that that's just part of show business. That's just part of the act. That uh, once the show is over, okay, maybe they'll make small talk in the green w- room, uh, but they'll go on their merry ways. And it's not like they're exchanging, you know, phone calls or hanging out at vacation homes and whatnot. It's just like there's too many guests, and you know, and Dave's got his life. Think of that next time you watch uh, if everything gets resolved and Drew Barrymore can continue her show with some of these actors and actresses. Do they really, really like being on her show? Do they really, really, really like laughing and joking with her? Think about it. This is just all part of the act. And here she is. She's trying to apologize because she wanted to do her show. And all these actors and actresses. Who would use this as a vehicle to promote product went after her even after she apologized it's eh, the these are the people that get up in front of uh, cameras and microphones taking awards gladly telling you how much more they care about things than you howard stern by the way is one of those people um i guess some some youtuber called him woke and Howard Stern got uh, word of this, and I guess a couple days I'll go on his show. For those who still, you know, pay XM series uh, fees, you, know, you got to hear. It. He goes, "I'm proud to be woke." Hey, that's a compliment. Because the, uh, wh- wh- how did he term this? Uh, the opposite of being woke is sleep. And I see all these guys online talking about woke and how they're not woke and they're angry and they hate gays and they hate the vaccine and I love science and you know. Duh, duh, duh. He goes on this little tirade. Um, yeah, you you are pro-vaccine and pro-mask and all this stuff. You haven't left your big effing mansion in three and a half years since this damn thing has happened. And if you have, you've probably been just wrapped around your face with masks and you've probably had seven or eight jabs. And I made this comment about him uh, a couple of uh, episodes back, where it was uh, he was talking about how he and his wife got into a fight because of how f- afraid of COVID he is, and how miserable it has to be to stay in your house all the time. You know, and, and here's the other thing too: if you're so proud of being woke, why aren't you out among the people? Seriously, I mean, you, if you're so proud of everybody, if you are such a champion of everybody, why do you avoid everybody? That's that's a question I have for the dude, uh, and it's just it's sad to see him become this caricature. I mean, it, being for gay marriage doesn't make you woke, but forcing people to be for gay marriage and chastising them for not being—that's what makes you woke. You become you become just as intolerant as somebody that would be against gay marriage. You're intolerant of that. It's, it's a vicious cycle. That's that's what woke is. It's basically uh, the 180 of the other group, if you're following me. And so Howard Stern is uh, proud to be intolerant of anybody that uh, questions his motives. He is the establishment now. And he just sits in his mansion, afraid of germs. Like, like Howard Hughes, only less productive. Okay, uh, Russell Brand. And I said this last podcast, this is a very tricky, delicate situation because sexual assault, rape, those are serious charges. Um, But you don't, the seriousness of the charge doesn't mean the person is guilty. That's my point. And a lot of these charges, a lot of these accusations stem from like 10, 15 years ago. And the further away you get from a crime, an alleged crime, the harder it is to prove at least with evidence. So you have this, uh, you know, this uh, tell-all report that came out in England about some of these allegations, and a few other people have come forward, and he's refuting these allegations. And it really, I mean, you've got politicians over there uh, wanting him investigated, Scotland Yard's looking into all this stuff. The BBC has taken down content of his. Uh, YouTube has decided not to monetize his YouTube channel anymore. He hasn't been convicted of anything. He hasn't even been charged of anything. And uh, the right-leaning rumble uh, apparently has been uh, messaged by British politicians wanting them to do something about it. And their response is, hey, look, he has not been convicted of anything, and he has not been charged with anything, which is the right response. I don't know if he's innocent or guilty. I don't know if these women are being truthful or lying. You have to be skeptical of both, uh, both sides. And you have to kind of follow the, uh, the evidence. And uh, if there's, there's smoke, if there's fire, then okay, guilty. But they're just doing it because of the seriousness of the charges right now. And it's the timing of it is very suspect because I mean, last few years, Russell Brand has been, uh, ...against big pharma and uh, the COVID vaccine, and he has also been very outspoken about uh, the West's involvement in Ukraine with Russia, and uh, he's a left-leaning guy, he's a left-leaning guy, guy. and again, to reiterate what I said last podcast, uh, if I'm wondering, during the whole Me Too movement, I mean, that's when this shit should have hit the fan, because it's not just that, this didn't happen last year, MeToo has been happening slowly and gradually since the mid-2000s, picked up steam about five or six years back with the hashtags, and now, only now, are these allegations coming to light, and now you've got people just saying, oh, what the hell, what happens if he's proven innocent, and these charges are false, and YouTube decided to not monetize him, and uh, crippled him financially, based on no evidence, Again, this is hypothetical. I mean, he could sue. But then again, he's got a whole hell of a lot in front of him right now. It's it's not just because it wins you favor with people that are wanting his ouster doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And YouTube basically was reactionary here. Again, it's one of those things you have to watch play out. All right, so a couple of Hollywood things here. Yeah, I found some Hollywood shit to talk about. Uh, Not a lot of it. Uh, Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live. She's got a memoir coming out. I don't know. I wouldn't say she's a spring chicken, but she's not exactly elderly. Okay, and... Usually, with uh, memoirs, I I would think, okay, you have to put like at least 20, 30 years of a career behind you before you start writing something big. Um, Hell, I'm looking across the room right now and I see Keith Richards' Life, um, which I got through about a couple years back. I mean, it's been out for about 10 years now. And, you know, the guy had a lot to say because he's Keith Richards and he's been in the industry a bit. but that's a minor minor rant there. But Leslie Jones was talking about how, like, for the uh, the all female reboot of Ghostbusters, uh, she only got paid a hundred fifty thousand dollars for this movie. Uh, initially, they were this I find kind of shocking. They were only going to give her sixty seven thousand dollars, but she had to work her way up to hundred fifty. Meanwhile, Melissa McCarthy I think raked in about fourteen million dollars, and so. Uh, Leslie Jones talked about how unfair it was that she was underpaid grossly compared to Melissa McCarthy. And I do think she's got a point. I think the entire female cast of Ghostbusters was severely overpaid. Um, you know, and you might say that's sexist, but I think that's just kind of the uh, the narrative that the media wanted to drive home. My wife went and saw I I never saw the female Ghostbusters. I did see Afterlife, which had a, a female protagonist... In the movie and she was good and the movie was good I enjoyed Ghostbusters afterlife uh, my wife saw the all-female Ghostbusters and she just kind of shrugged and she she told me I, I really didn't care for it I really didn't care for it uh, critical drinker had kind of a side-by-side uh, about proton pack gags in the original Ghostbusters as compared to the all-female ones and uh, no contest the writing was a lot better in the original Ghostbusters. Then again, you had Dan Aykroyd and uh, Ivan Reitman with a hand in that one. Um, But yeah, Leslie Jones, underpaid. That's probably why she's uh, doing the book there. Um, All right, so I saw the original Aquaman. uh, And, you know, the DCEU has been an uneven mess for years, and that's why they're going to to reboot it. Who knows what it's going to look like uh, here in a bit. Uh, But I... I did enjoy watching the original Aquaman. I thought that was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, my wife liked it too. I'm not sure if I'm going to go see Aquaman too. Um, and of course it's because a lot of the DCEU is being scrapped. Uh, I think because James Gunn's taking over. Because uh, Henry Cavill is no longer going to be Superman. Because, uh, you know, the, also the Flash just bombing and taking everything uh, with it. Um but there is a rumored controversial scene in Aquaman two, involving a death, and it's based off of a a comic book story from back in the seventies that was pretty controversial. I'm not going to say what the d- death is. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> you're probably saying Amber Heard, aren't you? Um, I'm not going to say what the death is. You could probably Google it and find out. But apparently, the uh, the test screening of this scene had people walking out. So no it's not Amber Heard uh, but people were upset at this test screening that's the rumor and here's this movie it's coming out in December December 20th all I can say is if the scene is in the movie I'm not going to go see the movie and it's because of some personal things that have happened in recent years um, and it kind of hits home And look death is never fun but to have something heavy laid on you in a big-time blockbuster action film that you're taking the family to go see just days before Christmas, well, it just did, no, no, no dice. Um, and and I can tell you this, um, when you're a t- teenager and you consume pop culture, it's a lot easier for you to get pulled into it because you don't have life experience. So, with comic books and movies and music, you're like, oh, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? And then about 20, 30 years of adulthood hits you, and you know, things hit different. So, yeah, if you want to Twitter, or not Twitter, Google that, you can. Um, it is, it's pretty heavy. Um, this is pretty heavy, too. Uh, the whole Richard Allen, Delphi murder thing, that the two girls that were killed, unfortunately, back in 2017 out on the trail. Um delphi not too far from uh, lafayette indiana not too far not too far from kokomo indiana um richard allen is the prime suspect he's on try he's going to be on trial um and th- there have been some arguments whether or not he is the guy um the evidence uh, will it pass muster because you know, I think like five years went by before they finally charged somebody. And as I've said, uh, you know, the further away you get from a crime scene, the harder it is to prove something without hard evidence. Uh, I'm not sure what the prosecution has in mind, but the defense uh, earlier this week laid out something pretty heavy and bizarre. Apparently, Richard Allen himself is the uh, the victim in an Odinism cult. They're saying that uh, white supremacists who worship Odin murdered these two girls, left runes on the uh, the bodies, and um, Richard Allen himself was coerced to call his wife from the prison by these Odinists, and that uh, the correctional facility that he's being held in have Odinists as prison guards. And that there are four other people that the uh, the defense actually named by name and it actually got out in the public uh, for a little bit before they had to kind of rein that in. Uh, that were questioned and let go that are possible odinists. And look, like this is too damn much. The, the, the whole thing has me asking, should lawyers be drug tested? Um, it's a reach to stretch and i'm not to say it's not to say that there isn't any reasonable doubt in this case um but it just it makes it adds such a circus vibe to it and this is almost this is kind of like a left-wing version of the uh the basement pizza thing out in dc years back where they're saying that hillary clinton had child sex slaves in the basement of a pizzeria outside of D.C., which was just bizarre. This whole thing kind of has that vibe to it. Uh, I don't know how much truth there is to it. Well, I, I doubt it's very true at all, um, just because of the conspiratorial overtones to this. Just too many factors in play. And I I... Wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people were appalled by it. I kind of am, too. Um, but again, the hear- this is a hearing to get some evidence thrown out, and they give 137 pages of this. See what the judge says when, uh, when it comes to it. So, Elon Musk wants to turn Twitter X into a newspaper, and I'm shaking my head over this one. Um, yeah, I guess uh, he said in a recent... Um, Presser that uh, he's looking to make all of Twitter X behind a paywall, which means you and me, if you have a, a Twitter X um, uh, profile, an account, you would actually pay per month to have that account. It'd be much less uh, than the um, the blue checkmark thing. I think it's a mistake because that's what's shooting newspapers in the foot right now, is the paywall. Uh, I mean, when I link stuff up to the Mike Davidson Facebook page, I make sure 99.999% of the time it's from a news source that won't have you not reading it. I want you to see the details, not just the the article itself. I want you to read up on what I'm linking. A lot of newspapers have that freaking paywall. And if that is the case with Twitter, it's uh, you, it, what makes it work right now is the fact that you don't have a board of directors censoring the living crap out of what you can post, what you can read. When you do that, that's what happens. And there isn't a counterbalance to what is being pushed out there if you yourself are doing what the other guys are doing. I kind of hope somebody talks them down from this. Alright, um, so... Some financial stuff to uh, make the holidays bright. Uh, Christmas is going to suck this year because already um, a lot of holiday, a lot of stores are citing inflation is the reason why they're not going to hire as much holiday help this year. Inflation, like thousands less than last year. I think the number I was looking at uh, retail wide, retail wise was like eight thousand, like down from last year this time. Uh, target Walmart saying people are just not gonna be splurging as much as they did and they're right uh, there, there's also the the post pandemic stuff where all these stores are trying to blow out all these things that were just eating up shelf space uh, that weren't sold that were sitting in storage for so long they're trying to get rid of that so you're not gonna have the deals that you once had and of course inflation with the economy being bad of course Everyone's telling you the economy isn't that bad, but if inflation is being talked about, yeah, it's bad. And on top of that, uh, I think this week uh, the federal debt is thirty-three trillion with the T, damn dollars. Very uplifting stuff. That means uh, each person in your household owns ninety-eight and a half thousand dollars worth of federal debt. Ninety-eight and a half thousand. That's me, my wife, my two daughters, and my young two year old son. Each already ninety-eight and a half thousand dollars in debt. That doesn't include other debt like uh federal or, or local debt like you know your municipalities your state governments anything else credit cards student loans yeah it's a lot of heavy stuff to get through um but, you know, at least society is mature and we can get through it all together, right? In Berlin, thousands gathered in protest, dressed up as dogs, demanding to be recognized as canine beings. This is linked up on the Mike Davids Facebook page. If you want to take a look at the uh, horrific pictures of people dressed as dogs, no way is this uh, fetish, no way is this uh, furry... Uh, No way with this fly uh, out in the sticks. Uh, <laughs> this is in Berlin, in the city, uh, for everyone to see. Dogs. People dressed as dogs. No, you can't say DNA tell, tells them that they're human. It's what they feel, and they feel like dogs. Because that's what your dog is doing right now, protesting. He's not at all licking his ball sack. And finally, um, Bills Mafia, thank you very much for giving us a fan base worth rooting for. I'm I'm a Colts fan. I'm not a Bills fan, but I am a fan of the Bills fans. Does that make sense? No, it isn't, but Bills Mafia is a different kind of fan base, and they basically point the way as to what fan bases should do and not do. Uh, So what happened was this past Sunday, a 29-year-old man, uh, Highmark Stadium, where the Bills play, has some construction. He jumped over a fence and fell 30 to 40 feet down into a hole and sustained a cut on his forehead. Thing was, uh, the dude was naked. Well, he was nude, but he was covered. In human excrement, there was an on-site porta potty that was tipped over, uh, and under the influence of things like alcohol, LSD, marijuana, and cocaine, took 20 minutes to get this guy out of the hole. And and this this happened at uh, this happened I guess at 12:18 in the afternoon. He missed kickoff, but he lived. Damn it, he lived. All right, that's all for me. Until next time, stay fresh, You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash M Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.